Hello and welcome to another episode of A Page Out of My Book. I'm your host, Dal, and today let's do a little mental health check-in, shall we? Shall we? Because <laughs> I um, was at like a zero, not a zero, okay, not a zero, not a zero. Uh, let's say I was like uh, three or four, three or four, I had something to go to, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna lay in bed, actually, and I'm gonna play Animal Crossing, so I've been playing Animal Crossing, and that kind of brought me up to, like, a five-ish, but, um, then I got nice and ready, and now that I'm recording and doing something productive with my life, um, I'm, I'm pretty good, so, I'd say I'm at, like, seven-ish, um, what about you guys, um, this is like this is like Dora when she's like she says something in Spanish and she's like waiting for your response and I'm like so how are you guys? Cricket cricket. Um. Anyways, it's like let's let's get in, into this. Um. So we're gonna be talking about moving out. I am someone who has moved out. Uh. You know. Uh. I think most people in my life would say that I'm very independent. That's, like, one of the main descriptors of me and one of, like, the top words, adjectives that keep coming up. So, yeah, very independent. Um, for me, I kind of became an adult at a pretty young age and... I was very independent in my teen years, um, started with, even when I lived at home, I would cook for myself a lot, um, and that stemmed from, I became a vegetarian when I was, like, 15, I think, and my mom was like, okay, you can do this, but, like, I think you need to be able to cook some of your own meals, because I can't be cooking you tofu and stuff while cooking everybody else our regular food, and I was like, all right, bet, and I did, and I slayed the kitchen, so, yeah, um, and by slayed the kitchen, I mean, like, I made, like, a veggie burger with ketchup, and, um, that was, (laughs) uh, peak of my, uh, uh, cooking talent, Anyways, so I started, uh, cooking pretty young, um, I, what else? And then when I was still in high school is actually when I moved out for the first time, um, and I went to this place, listen, listen, not glamorous, not glamorous, not ideal, definitely, But, you know, at least I'm able to leave knowing I learned a lot about myself and a lot of life skills. Um, Also cooking, um, because there's only so much cooking that I could do at home, especially when you share a kitchen with somebody, like your family and, you know, anybody else have, like, when, for some reason, cooking while, like, one of your siblings or somebody in the family comes into the kitchen, it's just, like, you gotta go. I'm trying to make this sandwich here, and for some reason, you're kind of disturbing my concentration, and it's just not comfy. It's like, I I, I don't know, and I I don't know. Anyways, um, but 
you can't really say that to roommates because I think, <laughs> you know, you gotta be, we're gonna talk about roommates a little bit maybe, but, um, yeah, I learned more about cooking on my own. Um, I learned about, you know, taking out the garbage and proper recycling, which is pretty boring. Learned about how to properly do laundry, kind of, even though sometimes I put a white shirt in the laundry and then it comes out pink. Um, but that's fine because I like pink anyways, so yeah. But you know, all that kind of stuff, life skills, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also, since this is kind of a mental health podcast, or yeah, it is, I guess, um, I'll try to connect it to that. And I think learning independence and the feeling of first moving out the first night that you're really not depending on your parents, it's kind of scary when you're young in a way, but also it's exciting and you can just like feel the page turning to a new chapter. Um, so, in terms of mental health, um, I guess it depends on your environment. For me, I'm very, my mood is super dependent on my environment. I absorb everything that's around me, so living alone is kind of, there's a lot of pros and cons, and I've talked about how, like, living alone during the pandemic was kind of hard because I didn't see any human beings for months on end and I didn't leave my apartment. So in that way, it's really tough when you live alone that you don't constantly have the option to talk to someone in real life unless you make plans with people. Um, but there's also a pro of it that you get more control and um, you get to curate the vibe of your place and if so, like if you had a roommate that was playing loud music you know it'd be kind of hard to deal with that if that's something that would bother you but in your own place you can play your own music or you can have the lights all the lights off or all the curtains drawn or you know be up late you can do whatever you want um and you can you know light incense or put any scent on your diffuser that you want and no one is there to complain about it, you know? So there's that as well. Um, a con, though, of living alone is that you have all the- hold on. Am I getting a knock at the door? What the hell's happening? Did, did anyone else just hear a knock at the door? Because I did. Alright, that was really weird. See, this is the, another, okay, another thing of living alone. If you scare yourself with, like, hypotheticals and, like, st I don't know, things that aren't happening, but you hear a knock and you're like, okay, I'm gonna die. If you have that, yeah, game over. Because I do that too. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, sometimes at night I'm like, am I dying now? Like, the killer's coming in, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I mean when I'm alone at another, oh, here's a good con about living alone. I was listening to emergency intercom and, um, they were telling one of the, uh, like a disturbing story and, um, I was alone. It was night. It was dark. Um, I was just like cleaning or whatever. And 
usually during the day that stuff doesn't bother me, but because it was night, I was listening, I was like, I'm getting too freaked out. And the thing is, I'm alone, so if anything happens, I can't sacrifice someone else, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, someone listening to this is like, okay, I never want to be roommates with you, ever. Worst roommate ever. <laughs> um, there's a ton of pros and cons, um, and a lot depends on your preferences. Um, I did make a list or, you know, some notes about things to look for, things to try and avoid. Um, so I guess I could talk about that for a bit. Um, there's an emotional part or a mental part that comes with it based on the physical place. So I would say location is huge when you're first moving out. You want a good location, ideally close to your either school or work or whatever. Um, and I think that my, when I think about it and I think about my mental health at different points where I lived in different places, um, it's clear how like it kind of changes depending on where you live. So in my parents' house, I lived in... I guess the city still, um, but we had, like, we weren't in the middle of everything, um, I don't really know how to describe it, I guess, but it wasn't the suburbs, because every single house was different, you know, um, so, yeah, I don't know, I was close to my school, I was still close, I was, like, in the city, I had everything nearby, um, so, and then I think, Oh, yeah. And then I lived in this one place that was not really glamorous, but it was close to a lot of things. Um, but I'll probably go into more detail about what made that not a good experience um, in a, on a later episode, because I feel like that place that I lived in when I was, like, 17, it's just, like, too much to even just kind of lightly go over that I just can't even uh, start. Um, but it was, uh, you could say, I guess, like, an apartment. It was in a building, and there was a lot of, like, uh, how do I say this? It wasn't in a safe kind of place, and I didn't feel necessarily safe when I was going home just because of the people that would hang around outside and stuff, so that's definitely not ideal, um, and it kind of, I think, caused some anxiety, and I rarely wanted to go home, so I have an episode called uh, Living an Inspiration, and it's about how, like, what you surround yourself with in your home can reflect, I guess, um, not only your interests, but what's important to you, and it can motivate you and make you feel more creative. Um, but also on the outside of the place, too, um, and who you're around, it definitely impacts your mental health. Um, but I pushed through that. And then the next place I went to was horrible because it was in the suburbs. And it wasn't in the city. I had to, like, take, I think... A subway and a bus and then take the subway to get even close 
to the city. So, but it was close to my school at the time. So, um, yeah, I was 17 to 18. Um, that place, um, definitely not ideal. I don't recommend basement apartments to anyone because I just think it's one of the worst things ever. Um, and also had no privacy whatsoever. So there's that. Um, so for me, I'm the type of person that as much as I like a nice peaceful little grass yard and stuff to go out into and, you know, nice places like that, um, I can't be far from this, I can't be too far from the city because I just feel like I am not outcast, but it's like I'm not part of the world, I'm not part of the community, and there was definitely no community in that area, and I'll maybe make another episode about that too, about just community on its own, um, but there's no community there, and I think that I through that, I learned how important that is to me. Um, also, in the suburbs, this is when I had, I think, pink hair and I had purple hair. Um, like, the old people who would just stare me down for no reason, I'm like, okay, Gam Gam, like, let's move it along. I need to get to where I'm going. Get out of my way. So... I don't like the suburbs. I will hate the suburbs to the day I die. And that's all. And then I actually have a very funny story about how I moved out of there, but I don't know if I can tell it just yet. Um, <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but in the moment it was not ideal. Um... <laughs> And then I had lived there for a few months, and then I lived with my parents again, um, and once I moved back in with my parents, I remembered exactly why I moved out. <laughs> and then my mom actually found my current apartment, because I had looked at places that were, um, I think, out of my budget, or they just weren't accepting people who didn't, like, have guarantors, um, which is, like, when you're young, it's kind of hard to get a proper apartment, which is why a lot of young people get, like, small rentals, like, renting a room, renting the basement, whatever, um, renting a floor of a house, um, but it's just hard when, like, you're in school or something, don't have a job, and you don't have $20,000 saved up, um, just to casually use, and a lot of places, especially in the city, just, nope, you gotta have a guarantor, and, and, you know, so that just kind of sucked, but I ended up getting my place, which was just perfect, and, um, yeah. So, that's, I guess, the timeline of how I moved out and stuff, or how I got my apartment, whatever. I don't know why that was relevant. I don't know if I'll keep that in. Um, I might, just because I don't know how much I want to edit this. So yeah, location, location, location. Now I'm in a place where there's a lot of community. I'm still very close. Like, I am in a 
part of the city, but I'm not right downtown where there's, like, you know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Weirdos uh, crawling throughout the night. I mean, there's always going to be weirdos everywhere, so I guess even in this area there are creepazoids, but um, downtown is really where, like, the murderers like to be, I guess. Actually, no, that's not true. It's in the suburbs because I hate the suburbs and I feel like they want to go to the suburbs because it seems so innocent and so the crazy, the real crazies actually live in the suburbs. But also downtown downtown is extremely chaotic and would probably make me anxious 90% of the time. So this area has things going on but it's not chaotic necessarily. Um, and there's, there's parks nearby, there's a bigger park nearby, and it's just very convenient, um, so yeah. I think also, um, having amenities close is super important. Um, I don't know how interesting this is and if I should really connect it to mental health, like, I guess the mental health part people might be more interested in, but I think that when you don't have everything close and you have to make a voyage, you know, you have to cross the Red Sea to get to a grocery store. Um, I guess you could connect that to mental health because it's, you know, you have an inconvenience and it makes you want to punch a wall and then you have to go and take your, remember, oh, I I didn't take my medication today. Um, I, I personally totally cannot relate to that. I need to cut that out in post. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Um, so part of my notes, I wrote stuff that, like, you should look for and try to get, but I think that's all up to preference, um, and also I do think it's very important to be realistic with your budget, of course, um, I have never seen an apartment for less than, like, 1100 like, not even 1000 like, at least, like, 1200 or so. Um, so I think it's important to be realistic with your budget, and unfortunately, um, because of the market, the real estate market, whatever, um, people end up having to stay in kind of garbage places, you know, I'll say it because I was in garbage places before just because of how cheap it is, um, and the nicer places are kind of reserved for richer people. Um, and I do think that impacts your mental health and I do believe that home is where the heart is, home is where the soul is, home is where the mind is. If you're constantly in an environment where you don't have privacy, where you don't feel safe, where you feel uncomfortable, where you don't feel happy, where you don't even have the things that are important to you nearby, um, and you feel isolated, then it's going to have a super negative effect on your mental health, just feelings of isolation, desperation, um, and the desperation of moving out, um, contributes to that, so, and definitely, if you're in a place like that, simply having a good roommate makes all the difference. I think I've had a total of one good roommates, like, yeah, just one, um, out of one, two, three, four, maybe five, um, 
there was this one roommate who was only there for a day. The day I moved in, they moved, they were moving out and they lived in the other room, so they don't really count, um, but for, for the one day that they were there, it was pretty nice, so, um, but having a good roommate makes all the difference. It feels like having a friend with you and it's kind of like a sleepover every day, but I guess over time, depending on how good your relationship is, it could create problems. I've never lived with a friend, like I've never lived with someone that I knew previously before moving in with, um, so I don't really, I can't really speak on that, but I can speak on good roommates and bad roommates, um, on both ends, on like all ends of the spectrum, um, one who was maybe too neat and one who was disgusting. I actually had one that was really nasty and disgusting. Like when, so me and this girl lived together and there was a third girl and I don't know, she just like left, I guess. She kind of like disappeared. Um, but she left everything or most things, especially in the kitchen. And she had food. She had so much food. She had pots, pans. I think that they might have actually just been stolen from the other roommate, but she had them in her uh, area because we all had, like, labeled our cupboards, which is a very good idea, and make sure that, like, you label your stuff. Um, and when me and my roommate wanted to, like, clean up the kitchen and stuff and take out all of her stuff and make more room for our things... When we took stuff out, the amount of mold, nasty, disgusting stuff. So I've had nasty roommates. Um, I can think of a very funny story <laughs> where she left out, she would make food and like leave it out or whatever, make like let it be stale. And she was like known for being very gross, um, unhygienic. Um, you know, an example is she used. I might, I feel like I'm telling too much tea. Okay, Dal and editing here. Who in 2022 says tea? That's stupid. But you understand what I'm saying. I wasn't sure if I'm allowed to, you know, talk about stuff. But, but you understand. Uh, it's all in good fun. This is fair use, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's not coming from a place of judgment. I don't know. Uh, good night. But, yeah, sorry. I mean, continue listening. Go, let's go back to the episode. I do actually have a funny story about that roommate. Um, this is all in good fun, okay? I went through it, so I feel like I'm allowed to talk about it now, okay? <laughs> um, but she, I guess, would make food and, like, leave it out or whatever. And I didn't know yet, but she, the other roommates and people around had, like, told me that she's very kind of gross, unhygienic, all that. And so... I thought that the other roommate made hash browns and left them out, and I was like, oh, hash browns, and, like, I ate one, and it seemed fine, um, and then I found out that it was hers, and that I guess that those had been, uh, left there, the, it was the gross roommate's ones, and it had just been left there, um, so if I get a disease, um, <laughs> and that is where COVID-19 started, um, yeah. I think sharing with people can be kind of difficult. Um, 
in terms of space that you take up and they take up, distributing space, distributing time that you're allowed to use the spaces, um, things like that. And whether or not you get along with them will dictate how all of those interactions go. Um, and sometimes people are just like looking for different things or they have different, I guess, ideas of how things should be. So it's just not everyone fits together to be living together, which is why you should be meeting your mates before moving in. Um, but that's just me. Also, I wrote down that I recommend getting a place with lots of security, uh, building maintenance, um, pay attention to the elevators because you'll be using them every day. And if they're not updated, um, it could be kind of annoying to wait 15 minutes or more for a broken elevator. So I think I covered some of the things that I wrote down in my notes, but I don't really want to go off notes. Um, and I don't want to just list things. Oh, look for this when you're renting an apartment or whatever. Because uh, that's just kind of boring. And it's just kind of basic stuff, I guess. Um, but yeah. Um, hmm. What else? Moving out. So I guess I could kind of... I think I did talk about it, but what moving out taught me um, a little bit more. It taught me so much independence and a lot of resilience, I think, because I, throughout the whole time that I was going through a really hard time mentally, um, I still lived alone and I was able to come out of it on my own. So... I think it'll show you that you can get through a lot of things. Um, fixing things around the house. Um, when you're able to fix it on your own, like fixing a drawer or something that's broken or um, screwing in a doorknob, whatever it is, hanging something up, um, it shows you that you can rely on yourself and show your capabilities to yourself, physically and emotionally. Um, sometimes taking care of your own apartment, it's almost like you're taking care of someone else, but it's for you and you're kind of doing it for your future self. Um, and just generally tidying up and keeping a space that you know, has good energy or whatever, or I don't know what kind of adjectives to use, but just keeping a space um, really nice. I mean, they say clear space, clear mind. Um, it feels really nice. It feels like a warm hug from yourself. It's a little bit empowering too, because not a little bit, but it's pretty empowering as well, because it's just like, I did that for myself. I'm independent, self uh, what's the word? Self-sustaining? Self-sufficient. I'm self-sufficient. Um, budgeting on your own. It makes you feel very independent. Um, just doing adult things as you grow, it feels pretty liberating, pretty empowering. Um, it just feels nice. And when you have all of these skills and you're able to upkeep your own home and your home life and, you know, balance everything with your work or school or whatever it is, 
and you're able to be a fully self-sufficient adult, then I think with mental health and in relationships too, it's kind of like because you're so independent, you don't really need anyone. You're able to kind of reflect on a lot more things. There's a lot more that you kind of just have to learn through experience and it's hard to say everything and, you know, give advice for everything because it's kind of like just the experience of it. So, yeah, but it teaches you a lot and then in relationships, since you're already self-sufficient, you're able to look at situations maybe more objectively, maybe more maturely um, see what you really need, see what you really want. Um, yeah. And then for mental health, I think if you're able to complete things in your life, I guess, and then with the skills that come from living alone, like independence, um, initiative, you know, um, just general, like, maintenance, upkeeping, having the energy to keep up things that you have to do, um, I would think that you kind of learn more about advocating for yourself a little bit, um, and it's not always how exactly that goes, but once you're fully independent already, you get used to just doing things on your own and doing it by yourself, not asking someone to do it for you. Um, so, you know, like, I, I've heard, like, TikToks or, like, whatever, people being like, oh, I still get my mom to call the doctors for me. Sometimes I have to do that if I don't get through to the doctor, even though I do call by myself, but I sometimes have to get her to do it for me if I can't get through or if I'm getting confused by what they're saying. Um, but I call the... I called the dentist by myself and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when you're used to living alone and when you're used to being really your own caregiver, your own, I don't know what the word is, but when you're so used to doing things on your own, eventually you kind of learn, oh, this is my mental health, so I have to be the one to say when something's wrong or, or what I need. And I would love to do an episode about maybe learning how to advocate for yourself, because um, it is hard, and just because you move out doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect, uh, you know, in terms of communication, but I think that there's always something to be learned by, learnt from everything you do, um, from everything that happens, and even in situations that aren't ideal, like shitty places I've lived in before, um, I was always able to learn something, and and I think I've always been able to upgrade, 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 upgrade my life. Um, so through the hard situations, it just pushed me to work harder for a better situation, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know what else to add. Um, I would love to hear other people's thoughts and um, anything on the topic, I guess, because I've already been through it, so I guess I could talk about it more. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear everyone else's thoughts. Um, 
And if you also hate the suburbs, suburb haters, rise up. Um, <laughs> I will hate the suburbs until I die. So that is my statement. Um, and yeah, the end. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of a page out of my book. I'm your host, Dal, and I hope you listen in next week for the next episode. Bye.